from the banks of the mighty Murray and all across the Riverland. It's that time of the week, footy fans. Let's kick on. Every week, the team from the Murray Pioneer and Marks Up bring you all the discussion around the RFL season from a club near you. So sit back, whack on your headphones and grab your favourite beverage because we've got all the RFL action right here, ready to kick on. Riverland football emerges from its lockdown hiatus this weekend as the RFL kicks back in the gear. We'll preview all the action ahead for round 13. Plus, we'll chat with the winner of the Marks Up Deer Lila MVP Award, Wakery's own Sarah Campbell. All that and more coming up on the Kick-Ons podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Lyons, sports editor of the Murray Pioneer, and joining me is a familiar face to Riverland football from Marks Up, the man himself, Mr. Nick Dillon Dillo. It's uh, it's good to be back. We've had to do a few remote ones over lockdown, but hey, mate, we're uh, we're back sitting across the desk. How good is this? It's good to have a beer with you, Lionsy. It's been way too long, so we better, uh, better cheers. I think we better make an extra good one. Cheers, mate. <laughs> cheers, mate. There we go. And Fantastic. Yep, just good to be uh, good to have footy back too, mate. This weekend, so we have a beer today, and then uh, and then back into the footy tomorrow. Absolutely, mate. We're looking forward to uh, to a big weekend because, um, well, it was earlier in the weekend. It was looking a bit strange, wasn't it, that we might not have crowds? But uh, look. Decisions have been made, the right decisions, I would say, and uh, yeah, we're going to get a uh, weekend of football that looks relatively normal that we uh, can all all enjoy, can't we? That's it. We'll all be enjoying it behind a mask, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's better than having no crowds at all, and that's what it was looking like. And thankfully, um, for the sake of you know, it costs a lot to put on games of footy and for for footy clubs, and so for them to not have crowds, it would have been pretty costly for for clubs around the Riverland so um it yeah it's it's a win it, it really is considering where we were and then you only have to look over the border to see what they're going through right now um you know we don't want to be in that situation again so we we're pretty lucky it's good to be back out there yeah, we certainly are uh, but um yeah it's a it feels a little bit strange that we're restarting again um after a few weekends off um I mean, uh, did that give you a chance to get into some pursuits, maybe some oil painting or something like that, mate? Did it? <laughs> no, not not some oil painting, mate. It gave me a bit of a bit of time to uh, spend at home with with the lad doing some homeschooling. So that was uh, that was certainly interesting. It was funny actually. We went went back to once we got to go back to training. So out with the cobby lads and. It was amazing. A couple of weeks off, and the effect it had on those guys. You know, they were pretty, pretty sore and tight after the first training back, and you know, tight calves and things like that. So, um, it's amazing how much of an effect a couple of weeks off can have. So, uh, but yeah, we they're they're not professional footballers, but they'll they'll get get out there and have a crack. Yeah, so uh, it, and it's going to be interesting uh, this weekend. Uh, have that factor of not training for. For uh, yeah, the, for those two weeks, and uh, yeah, what it's uh, it might mix up things a little bit on the field, you know, uh, with you know some of the form we've seen going in pre-lockdown to post-lockdown. It, it'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, uh, the senior coaches around the Riverland have probably whipped everyone into action. I would uh, dare say, uh, well, since uh, when were we back last? Wednesday week ago when the lockdown mm. lifted, so yep. that's probably afforded a few um, a few opportunities, maybe even fit some more uh, training sessions in for those that are super keen. I would imagine. And I think the, probably the big thing is that there's potentially players that uh, might have been able to recover from injuries that might have missed out or might have been you know not coming back until finals, and they've had that opportunity now to to uh, come back in now and um, get themselves right and. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, for for a senior coach to be able to go. Okay, well, we know we've got this player coming back now. It's it's a it's a big bonus. So, um, yeah, certainly uh, from our point of view, we we're hoping to get a couple back, but unfortunately, it's not the case. We, well, we got a couple back, but we lost a couple. So, uh, in in one ear and out the other, unfortunately. Uh, it's the way it is sometimes with football, isn't it, mate? But uh, we roll with the punches and uh, we roll in for a big week of football ahead. So, I guess, mate, what we should do is, um, yeah, uh, just before. We're uh, lining up uh, for another big weekend. Is perhaps maybe uh, we'll just do a bit of a refresh where we're at uh, with uh, proceedings. And uh, look, let's uh, we mentioned at the top of the show there the uh, Dear Lila MVP award. And um, let's because uh, we haven't talked about it for for a few weeks. Uh, so let's just dive straight into it, mate. Uh, the Dear Lila MVP, mate. It's run and done for 2021, mate. Tell us. That's it. So the inaugural, inaugural award, so the first time. So we had Dear Lila come on board as uh, the sponsor of, of that one. So uh, big shout out to um, Matt and Kylie down there. Do a fantastic job running uh, the uh, uh, boutique store on uh, Murray Avenue in Remark. 
and uh, they came on and they won the support women's football, which was fantastic. So um, very hotly run run race this year, and uh, a young lady by the name of Sarah Campbell from the Wakery Football Club stormed home with two uh, ten votes in the last last her last two games to win by five from Barbara Monash's Kayla Mudge. So she finished on forty eight out of a I guess a possible hundred votes. So she's had a pretty good year, Sarah. Um, found out today when I chatted to her that she's. Still only 15. I thought she was 16, but she's 15. Um, so the world's ahead of her as far as football goes. So, you know, she plays down in Adelaide with Fitzroy down there as well. And, you know, I can see her going, taking her football a lot further. So well done to Sarah. And uh, Kayla Mudge from Barmer Monash, another one that could uh, certainly go far, five votes, votes behind. And then we had Berry's uh, Paris Teast not too far behind them. So they will all get, uh, so the uh, Sarah will get two, a $250 voucher from Dear Lila. Um, Kayla will get 150 and Paris will get 100 So all three girls getting a prize there. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good going there uh, amongst the amongst the girls because uh, it was a bit of a race there earlier in the season. I think I remember you saying Paris Teast was right mm. up there. Yeah, she t- uh, took it on pretty early. And, yeah, and- yeah, and Kayla Mudge has always been a consistent performer for Barma Monash there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just seeing that uh, that build through the season uh, with Sarah, just how influential she's been around the mid contest, and uh, it's kind of um, coincidental that you talk with Sarah Campbell. I talked with her coach earlier this mm. week in the Murray Pioneer for uh, this week's edition, uh, mate. I think we we might be working out this whole <laughs> this whole thing here. We've we've got Riverland football covered. That's it, <laughs> perhaps. So um, yeah, talking uh, with with Tim, um, yeah, he, he uh, really um, spoke quite highly of Sarah and just the, her influence uh, with the club. There, he basically um, told me that he just lets her go around the mid. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just got this ability to create, um, do things unexpectedly uh, with ease. Like it, even if it's uh, the contest isn't going their way, she's just one of those players that can create something. You yes. know, and it and it's just uh, sparks the rest of the team. And you know, they've got their uh, their forwards uh, pretty much set with um, uh, with Bessa Cafajoli. Uh, well done, yeah, You've yeah, done, mate. done well there. You got yeah, the pronunciation yeah. spot on. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Oh, mate, well, it, uh, is the Padawan teaching the master now? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I, I, I always get that one wrong, so you've done well. So, uh, cheers for uh, for Tim for giving me the pointer on that nice. one there. So, thank you very much, Tim, for that. Uh, so, they've landed on a pretty good pairing up the front there, um, uh, and with Rachel Rachel Smith, uh, Rachel Smith there. Yeah. So. That dynamics worked really well for for the Magpies uh, this year, and um, yeah, it's great to see that uh, you know they're sitting on the cusp of a potential grand final berth. Mm. So, absolute um, yeah, meteoric rise uh, for both Sarah and the club this year. It's been great to watch, definitely. And and Sarah uh, and and her father, I met her father tonight as well, and um, just spoke to them about Tim and what he's done for not only Sarah but the rest of the group as well. And they couldn't speak highly enough of him. Um, You know, Tim's a you know he's a loyal clubman down there at, uh, at Wakery. He's the guy who, I don't know, or you probably weren't here at the time, but he broke his, I think it might have his leg or his arm in, in the B-grade grand final a couple of years ago um, and, uh, yeah, hung around for the, for the whole day. Uh, you know, he, he, I think he injured early but made the ambulance hang around so he could, you know, celebrate with his teammates and, you know, he's a pretty loyal clubman. So it's great to see him giving back to those girls as well. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, He seems to have really taken on this uh, role uh, with a great amount of zeal and, you know, mm. being able to – a first-year coach and being able to get the girls, uh, rally them uh, to a first finals appearance. It's uh, – yeah, it's a, it's been a great one to watch this uh, season and, and Tim spoke very highly of the support he's got from behind the club yep. because – you know, you, you would be quite nervous coming in um, for a first year coach in into uh, into a role in in any grade really, um, mm. but just being able to have uh, the behind the scenes Aaron Thompson, uh, the the Stevens boys uh, there in the senior coaches, being able to chime in and be able to help out and all that stuff. And I guess the the club's really starting to see the rewards now for the, that effort. So Yeah. And Sarah spoke about that and we'll get to that a bit later. But yeah, she spoke about the you know the whole club buying as well. Um not just, you know, previously it was probably just a, a handful of people pushing it, but now it's yeah the whole club, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And if we were look at it um through, say, um uh the the lens of game development 
Look, do you think these are the these are the good news stories in terms of growth for the game in the Riverland? Do you think? Well, definitely. I mean, from where they have been and where they've come from to where they are now, it's it's a huge, huge leap for, for Wakery, and that comes from the the support, the extra support they're getting there now, um, investment in those girls, and it's not about and it's not just Wakery; it's the other teams now. It's not just about winning a premiership. You know, they've got out of that mindset now. It's about growing these girls as individuals and as a team and growing the competition as well. Because if they can grow the competition, then the rest will take care of itself. Mm. And that's kind of uh, where we're at at the moment because we're seeing, yeah, the girls get those results. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's been a, a rise because there's been so many good things um, happening in other areas of the league as well with Barry, you know, um, oh, they've always been a powerhouse and they've continued that on. Barmer Monash as well has been right around the mix as, uh, and seeing their numbers uh, come in each week. You know, they've uh, they've had a couple of uh, off weeks, but then uh, they've been able to get some really good consistent results and, you know, being able to see the, the rise of Kayla Mudge as well. You know, that it must be infectious for that playing group as well, um, being able to uh, to be around quality players like that. So, you know, it's um, – it, yeah, for my first season, um, seeing uh, what – uh, women's football, uh, you know, got well. All football got sidelined last year. We don't need to repeat that too often. But just when it was get go- getting going, and then to have that speed hump yeah. and how it's picked itself picked itself up this year, um, it's it's been good to watch uh, with the girls. And you know, we've been experimenting with the Sundays, and mm. you know, there's some options there to to hopefully make this a really flourishing competition. Yeah, and I think it comes from the clubs getting on board with it now. Yeah, and the league as well. Yeah, you know, they want to see this thrive now, which is um, you know, the attitude slowly changed, and um, you know, good on the clubs for taking it on. Yeah, yeah. So um, without any uh, any more uh, talk from us, I think we better let Sarah do the talking, mate. So I will queue up the next beer, and you can queue up your talk with Wakeries Electric, Sarah Campbell. Sarah Campbell, well done on winning the inaugural Marks Up uh, Dear Lila MVP award for, for women's footy. How, how do you feel about that? Really pumped. I was watching an update each week, and I was just really pumped when I kept moving up. And yep. It was awesome to see how many people were on there as well, and especially Waker people, so it's pretty good. Excellent. And, and you've done it all at 16 years of age, is that right? 15. 15 years yep. of age, even better. <laughs> and so you've obviously handled playing against these, these senior women really well. How have you, have you gone playing against you know, women that are you know, obviously much older? Yeah, it's good. Um, there's lots of ranging skills, ability and size, so it's mm-hmm. it's good to see, rather than just playing against people my own age, which I did do in Adelaide, it's it's a lot better to have the range of size because you have people who know a lot more and then you get guidance as you go along. So sure. Really and how did you get into footy? Did you start here at Wakeroo? Yeah, I, uh, I did Auskick when I was younger, yep. but I had to stop doing that because I tackled and I wasn't allowed <laughs> to. Um, and then I started again when I was old enough. Uh, in 2019. Yeah, excellent. So when the, the new competition started? And got, yeah. got oh, the year after. The year after, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. And did you have any idols sort of growing up, anyone you watched here at Wakery Footy Club that you sort of wanted um, to emulate or...? Oh, I watched all the big boys, yeah. yeah. I used to, my brothers mainly, I used to watch them as they went footy. Yeah, I came to pretty much every match if I didn't have netball. Nice. And yeah, as I've grown older, I've started idolising people like Ed Marinoff and Aaron Phillips and stuff. So. Brilliant. And what do, you, what do your brothers think about you playing football and how well you've gone? Uh, one of them's not very sporty, but he still supports me, and then the other plays in Waco Bees, so he's pretty stoked that we're both playing. And we have the same number, so. Awesome. Fantastic. Is, um... Footy, obviously you've played a bit down Adelaide with Fitzroy as well, yeah. and is footy something you'd consider taking further if, say, West Adelaide came knocking on the door? Yeah, definitely. It's one of my favourite sports and I'd like to keep going further, yeah, yeah. improve as much as I can. Brilliant. Uh, and Wakery Footy Clubs really, particularly this year, I think, have really started to embrace the female football side of things. You know, they had the game down at uh, Obama recently where you know, there was quite a lot of support there. You know, some of the A-graders, a lot of the committee and that sort of thing. Shane Stevens, the A-grade coach, was there. Um, how has that been to have them you know, really get behind you and, and support you? It feels really good. There's lots of support behind our coach too, his first year. And it's really good to have people watch because it gets you more pumped to play. And just you get feedback from them as well, which really helps you 
improve your game and it feels more inviting playing up river when you have people from your area. Yeah. Definitely. And you mentioned Tim, your coach. Yeah. How much of an influence has he been on, on you? So much. I didn't know how to bounce study. I still don't do it right, but he's tried to improve. He's got us doing drills that help us out in the uh, on the field and it's really, really good. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Taught me how to kick properly. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Now, um, the big, big final this weekend, obviously, against Barmer Manus yeah. to try and get into that grand final. What's the feeling like around the playing group at the moment? Oh, we're all really pumped to play, especially home. We thought we were going to lose that, but we we don't know how the outcome's going to go, but we're going to play our hardest with a few injuries as well. So, mm-hmm. fingers crossed we can get in, but who knows. <laughs> I guess this year's been a, uh, a year where you've you've had to develop quickly and, and you've done it. You have done that. You know, you beat Berry down at Berry that day. Um, coming from where you were in previous years, it's, it's been a big jump, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's influenced a lot by the club and our coach specifically, and just the attitude of the players mainly. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and so, how do you think we are in that final? It's, it's a big game. It's a massive game for you. I don't know. We've well, we've both won once against each other, so I don't know. Home ground advantage, hopefully, and. I think we're pumped. We're playing an hour later than normal, so different for all of us, and hopefully we can snag it in. Excellent. Now, you polled 10 votes in the last two games, in your last two games to win, so that's a perfect 10, which means essentially the coaches from both teams have given you five votes each, the maximum they can give. Um, so you feel like you're hitting the finals in a bit of form? Yes. That I didn't know that, so that's really good to know. Um, I've tried to play my hardest, I've improved as I go, and I've taken in as much advice as I can, so yep. I guess that's shot on a few Excellent. Now, the runner-up this year was Kayla Mudge from Byron Monash, and, and the third-place getter was Paris Tees from, from Berry. Have you seen how those girls have gone this year, and are they pretty tough to match up on? Yes, definitely. Um, I suppose playing Kayla tomorrow, so ready for that. But, yeah, they're both really good. I've, I learnt their numbers, and I watched them every time we played them, so... It's pretty good to see that that's who I was up against and they're really good players. So. Yeah, excellent. And just lastly, Sarah, is there anyone you'd like to thank um, for you know, their support over, over the past year? Yeah. Uh, the Wake Footy Club, my coach team, of course, um, MVP, oh, sorry, Mark Sup and Dear Lila for this MVP competition. Really good. Family, of course. And just everyone that rallies around women's footy. So. Yeah. Yep. No worries. Well, congratulations. All the best for the weekend. Hopefully, you girls go really well and, and progress to a grand final. And uh, all the best for your future as well. Thank you very much. Well done. Awesome. So that was Wakery's Sarah Campbell, the inaugural marks up dear lila mvp award there so uh a great chat with her mate and uh yeah she's um yeah uh, quite well spoken and uh actually i've had the pleasure of uh doing an interview with her earlier this year that's where we got the electric Sarah Campbell from. Yes. And, uh, yeah, she certainly is a live wire, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really well spoken. Um, and, you know, just you can tell how passionate she is about her, her footy. And, she, you know, she spoke about her brothers, how she sort of followed them through through the ranks. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's great to see, you know, that she looked up to them and got to got the opportunity to play football. Whereas, you know, um, 10 years ago, she was born born five years earlier maybe or ten, say 10 years earlier, she might not have got that opportunity. She might have been doing something else. So good on her. Mm, and it'd be interesting after all of this if she, maybe she is on the radar of a uh, West Adelaide football club perhaps maybe. But we'll see. We'll mm. see what happens on that one. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, well, as as we talked about earlier, Sarah will be lining up with Wakery for their first ever finals campaign. Um, and, mate, just something like that I was thinking about during, during the week – this is going to be the first uh, senior final series we've had in the Riverlands since 2019. Like, yep. it, yeah, it, is that just a stat you'd think we'd we'd ever contemplate would be? <laughs> it's it's weird because it doesn't feel I don't know what it is, but for some reason it doesn't feel like the 2019 finals were that long ago. Um, you know, purely because we you know we just had such a whirlwind. 24 months it's been been crazy but yeah when you look at it and go wow that's it's been a long time between drinks um obviously Barry won the last uh grand final in in the women's down at down at wakery they beat Ramah. my wife was playing that day my lovely wife shout out to, to jenna yep. and uh yeah and um you know that was a that was a really high quality game and it was a great way to finish and we felt like we were building some momentum with women's football like you mentioned earlier and then it's been taken away so to be able to get back out there play finals again it's a really good sign yeah, and just uh, something just to even uh, to make this weekend just that uh, little bit more um, 
yeah, uh, tantalising, isn't it? That not only we got footy back, but we've got some finals as well. Some, you know, a grand final berth on the line for uh, for the clubs uh, out there that will be playing. And uh, in the first knockout final will be Berry and Renmark. So quite clearly, Berry would be the uh, the favourites, the minor premiers. The, they are that for a reason. Uh, they've been very, very good all year. But, uh, you know, that that's kind of... Uh, one of the things about this knockout series, yes. mate, that there's no <laughs> second could, chance. Just because you're the minor premiers doesn't mean you get the yeah. double chance. Obviously, there's an advantage. You play the fourth ranked side rather than second or third. But yeah, the, there is always that worry. And you know, finals, particularly in country football, you know, they have the habit of throwing up upset results. And you know, Barry's been the the advantage they have is most of these girls have played finals already. You know, they've they've done it before. Um, whereas Renmark's, I think there's a relatively new group at Renmark um, this year. They lost a lot of their experience from from previous seasons, so that's going to be the challenge for them. Um, you know, for, I think for them they stop Ash James and they, they probably come away with the win. Berry um, for Renmark, it's um, you know th- there's a, there's a few players they're going to keep their eyes on. You know, just looking through the the uh, marks up deal, Lila leaderboard maiden Paris Teast, who we mentioned earlier, Stacey Guy, who's got a regular mention on on this podcast as well. Uh, Kelsey Krieg is another one. So there's there's quite a few players. Molly Wishart's a young young girl who's really um, you know rising up the ranks as a, as a youngster. Um, so they've they've got some really good you know depth at Berry and Remark probably probably doesn't quite have that and and has battled against uh, Berry in in the finals previously. So there's a few things for Remark to overcome. I'll tell you what, if Ash James can get up and up and about, and and it's not just her. Beck Ward's had a terrific season as well. Um, Callum Ratcliffe, um, uh, Faith Morgan, you know, they've got some quality players in there at Remark. So we'll just see what happens, I guess. It's funny you mentioned uh, Ash James. Now it's it's been a, a while since uh, the Murray Pioneers had a footy gossip column, but maybe it might uh, be. Uh, here bring on back, the podcast. Bring uh, back hangers and clangers, mate. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, we we might be just moving it to a podcast platform because. Uh, well, I went out for a run around uh, Renmark uh, Oval the other night and uh, just happened to be when the girls were training and I did happen to spot one Ash James uh, training with the group out there. So she looks like... Uh, ready yeah, to go. Ready to go, mate. So Good girl. She, yeah, so uh, great great to see. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, look, I, I think Barry will be in the position to get the job done but yeah just being that knockout final and just being a final that does spur people on doesn't it you know so it'd be interesting to see how this one plays out but um yeah it's it's everything to play for isn't it most definitely mate and then the the other semi-final that's that's huge as well you you mentioned it's wakery's first uh semi-final and you know coming up against the barman money side they've split their games this year it's been one each um so yeah that's going to be a cracker as well mate yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I think uh, Barham and Monash, um, look, they could snatch this one. There's every reason they could with everything going going right their way. Yeah, like you said, they have split the games between them this year. Um, I would probably think maybe Wakery, the side that have probably uh, got the momentum going a bit more their way just with their back end of the season, I think. Uh, Barham and Monash have had a couple of – Couple of losses um, in the final rounds there. Um, that you know, perhaps a, a few things going their way. They might have come away with the points on those ones there. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, one nonetheless. Uh, but uh, look, I think probably for the ruse, I think it's going to be um, you know we talk about Kayla Mudge uh, <laughs> just earlier. I think um, yeah, that's going to uh, going to be a key for them. I think. Um, but what's where the, where I've seen the Rose struggle is that finish um, just as of late. Um, you know, it's it's had, you know they're not big scoring games as they are, but the goals, yep. those few goals mean a lot, and we haven't quite been seeing those um, those answers up forward yet. Um, I have seen uh, Kelsey Britton's uh, slotted a few more, and she's been their go-to mm-hmm. um, goal scorer. So hopefully, um, we'll we'll see that combination work a bit more again, perhaps for the Rose. You yeah, think? definitely. Mm. And at the opposite end, you know they'll. The Magpies will have Rachel Smith, uh, provided she's overcome her ankle injury. She hasn't – I'm not sure if she's played for a little while, but I know she – I think she might have heard it against Palmer. Um, and, you know, she, we know how capable she is. She kicked a bag of 10 against uh, against Loxton. Yep. Um, and, you know, has, has had an outstanding year. Um, and then, you know, uh, we've already spoken about Sarah and what she's capable of, but, but also the Ruckman in there, uh, Jess Oakley-Thorne. 
Um, you know, she's uh, she's had a tremendous season as well. So it's going to be a really good battle, mate. And it's just good to see women's football showcase this week. They've separated them a little bit. There's a little bit more of a, a gap in between the A grade and, and the women's game. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, there will be a bit more of a showcase there. So I'm not sure whether they'll go in and do presentations and then everyone will come back out and watch. But mm. um, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be interesting uh, with the because the Wakery game is uh, well, it's at Wakery Oval, mm. so with everything else up more this end of the Riverland towards. Gives them a chance to travel, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah. hopefully the guys get a chance to, to travel down and um, get some people back down the, at the club to cheer the girls on. But look, mate, if you were going into this game with a coaching hat on, would you put a tag on Sarah Campbell? It's hard to know. Like, not having watched enough of, of the uh, the girls this year, it's, it's hard to know. Um, if she's, she's won – player who's going to clearly have an impact on the game and it's you know a matter of you making uh, progressing through the finals or not you, you probably look at it especially you might just let um, things slide for the first 10 15 minutes see how things go um, and then if you if she's having a pretty big in, significant impact you go okay well let's 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 lock it down and and try that um, maybe you don't want to put one of your prime movers on there you want to put somebody who's you know um, just willing to sacrifice their own game so they the other girls can do their thing so um, but I'd probably, yeah, without having seen them, I'd probably let it slide for about the first ten minutes or so, and then see if she's having an impact. And if so, yeah, let's um, let's uh, try and mo- limit her movements. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, you would, because I guess yeah, yeah, you run that risk of taking one of your own players out the game, and you know, um, you know, oh, look, the the Kayla Mudge does come to mind of someone that might be able to to keep. Keep that role, but yeah, you don't want to take her out the that's game. That's right, Robin so, the paypal. That's yeah. right, exactly right. Yeah, so it would be uh, fascinating to watch um, uh, that one there, how it all plays out. And uh, yeah, we we covered the Berry Renmark game there. So mate, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, who lines up next week, mate? Um, after a knockout final series, isn't it? And that's right. So um, you know, if Wakery does make it through, then that's obviously uh, a different grand final matchup we've had every year. We had Berry versus Barmer the first year, then Berry Renmark. So no matter who wins that other game, that's irrelevant. But that if Wakery do get through, obviously we get a different result again. So that that's good for the competition too. Yeah, and I believe at this stage the has the venue been locked in for the grand final yet? I'm not sure. No, not sure. right, okay. So, But that's going to be more of uh, – it's not based on somebody earning a a grand fi- a home grand final or anything. It's just a scheduling thing. It could be. It depends on yeah. where, where the A-grade games are, I believe. Yep. But I think yep. Berry, if being the top-ranked team, if they'd win, I think they might get to choose where it's at. Okay, um, right, yep. So if there's no Berry A-grade game at home next week, they might go, well, we'll play it. Close by, depending on yeah. who their opponent is. I'm not yeah. sure, oh, okay. to be honest, but it could be something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so we might get the potential of a, of a standalone RWFL Grand Final. No, I don't no. think it'd be a standalone. I think it'd be it'd just be played. Like, like I said, if Barry oh. doesn't have a home game, yeah. then they might choose to play their game at, at Remark or, or something mm. like that. So yep. I believe that's the case, but I, yeah. could, I could be way off the mark there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's we, we we tend to do that a bit sometimes, I think. <laughs> we speculate. <Yeah. laughs> we speculate, but we speculate responsibly nonetheless, mate. Um so yeah, we we're really looking forward uh to seeing the uh yeah, the uh, the ladies get out there and do battle in their final series, but uh yeah, mate. Um we've skipped a few rounds. We've landed at round 13 for the RFL, mate. Now uh yeah, uh, look, th- this is uh, this is where it gets interesting now, doesn't it? Because we well, we had a, a a a long run to finals. Now it's a sprint. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's it's uh, basically uh, yeah. Well, we're, we've uh, thrown around this uh, this one on the uh, as a game plan title before, but this time we're playing to win because every win counts now going into finals. Doesn't a bit it? Of liver, little river band there, mate. I like that. There we go, mate. Yeah. Yep, right there. But yep. before we do do that, should we touch on the other awards, Murray Pioneer Riders Award, and we'll uh, touch on the. Uh, yeah, the other marks up ones as well. Yeah, we should do that actually. Yeah, yeah, heading into um, into our RFL discussion now. So uh, the update, uh, as uh, it probably a uh, foregone conclusion would be that the Murray Pioneers Writers Award will only be um, uh, across thirteen rounds uh, mm-hmm. now. So we'll just get that out the way. Bit of housekeeping. Um, so yeah, since before. Uh, we paused there for two weeks. Yeah, Matty Wolford uh, still uh, at the top there on 23 votes. Uh, Jack Agostino uh, is sitting up there on 18, but we had a bit of a mover. 
in Lachlan Evans. He's had a few quiet games uh, just through that um, there was a, those three games that Loxton dropped there. And even mm-hmm. though he was still around the mark in terms of uh, being up their best, he just wasn't quite catching the eye of our riders. Uh, but he polled four in uh, the previous game. So he's actually now equal second. So we were, last time we talked about the Murray Pioneers Riders Awards, we, you know, all you got to do is that now. It's just a couple of big games, Just isn't a it? couple of big yep. games now and you're back in it. And, uh, yeah, so now uh, – yeah, uh, Maddie. Uh, sorry, Lachlan Evans is uh, sitting well. He's just, um, you know, just a, a five voter away from uh, reeling in uh, Maddie Wolford now. So it's going to be interesting there. And uh, also, uh, Timmy Wolford as well. Um, he nailed three um, in the, I think it was the Berry game was the last game they played before lockdown. Uh, so Tim's got in there as well, and he's now sitting on 17. Yep, so not so too far behind. Well, either. within striking distance yep. now. So um, it's good. Yeah, the, these next three rounds, it's going to be interesting now. Who uh, who rises to the top and uh, challenges uh, Matt Wolford there? In, indeed, and uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise if Matty Wolford pulls away. You know, he's he's a fitness freak, so this uh, time off wouldn't have affected him too much, mate. So he'll um, he'll be ready to go, I reckon. Well, that's right. When we had our little Olympic discussion, we did say mm. that he would he might be up for one of the endurance events. Yeah, maybe the marathon. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> he just might be timing that run to pull away. Perhaps. Absolutely, mate. That's it, yeah. So over, over to the uh, Paradise Pools and Landscaping Riverland MVP. Uh, very similar. So Lockie Evans is the big mover there. So Lockie polled ten, like, perfect 10 votes against uh, the, the Panthers um, to move himself in the second spot and within two votes of uh, Matty Wolford, who who leads that one as well. So he's, uh, he's tim- timing his run nicely as well, and his teammate Will Gucci's uh, um, just behind him, but he's sort of dropped away a little bit after that scintillating start. And... Um, Probably the other big ones, uh, Dylan Gollan, youngster down at Wakery, uh, also polled a perfect 10. So great to see the young fella going well down there. And in the Barmer Monash v. Berry game, it was uh, Shay Hawkins, Mark's up's own Shay Hawkins, who I do see got player of the week in the game plan this week. Uh, Our little a, luchador, yes, wrestling man. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he also polled the, the uh, 10 votes as well. So uh, at the top of the leaderboard there, yeah, Matty Wolford, 41. Lockie Evans from Loxton on 39. Will Gucci on 30 from the Tigers as well. And Timmy Wolford on 32. Uh, sorry, on 38. As well, so he's going well there. And then over to the uh, hoops auto and four wheel drive independent MVP mate, and uh, Bradley Walkley has retaken the lead over there. So, uh, bearing in mind with both of these awards, there is a, a mystery around as well. Mm. So, uh, but Bradley Walkley has taken a two vote lead after polling four votes. But it was his, another Bradley, Bradley Nikolai, who got nine for Sedan Cabray against Brownswell. So well done to him. Uh, the Wonka Cobby game, Josh Wiseman um, absolutely killed it in the midfield and polled nine over there. And uh, his, his teammate, Lockie Hample, didn't poll a vote in that game. So a uh, tough one for Lockie. He didn't play poorly at all. He actually played mm-hmm. quite well, but just not enough, well enough to get in the vote. So um, I'm sure he'll bounce back. And then Matty Clark was probably probably the big mover. He's moved up to third spot now um, with a 10-vote effort against Ramco and that upset win by the Redbacks. So uh, all to play for there with two rounds to go. So Walkley is on 38, Lockie Hample on 36, Matthew Clark on 29, and then Cohen Bapti from Peringa and Callan Head from Cobby on 26. So, uh, yeah, she's uh, once again only one 10-vote away from, uh, yeah, from t- retaking the lead from for some of those boys there, so she's uh, well and truly on. That's right, and with the, well, just two rounds to go, plus uh, the Indies have the buy in there as well for um, well, yeah. B- BSR has it in the last round, and I believe Browns well. So B- Maddie Clark needs to get a ten this round. Yeah, wow, pressure's on. Big Maddie. game. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, let's jump straight into it and let's get into our RFL preview, mate. Uh, so the first game, and this this one is probably got. Uh, a fair bit of interest around it in terms of the outcome of the season. Uh, Berry and Loxton, mate, because uh, this one went down to the wire and their last encounter, mate, uh, with uh, Berry getting the wood over Loxton there. I think it was by five points in the end. So, yeah, I reckon we're going to see another close one here and there's a lot more on the line this time, I'll tell you. Yeah, there is, and that was huge for the Demons to – to get that win and I guess give themselves some confidence that they, yes, they can match up with the top three. Um, we know they nearly beat Wakery. It was only a kick after the siren from Lockie Nitschke that uh, to stop that from happening. Um, but to get that victory against the top three side 
get, would have given them huge confidence. So, um, you know, they're not going to finish outside. Well, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to finish in the top two, the Demons. But for Loxton, um, you know, they they need to pretty well win all three games and then rely on Wakery to beat Renmark to uh, to snag a top two spot. So a huge thing, huge uh, repercussions here for for the Tigers and. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, they're at full strength because we know when they're at full strength, they're, they're quite formidable. Yeah, that's right. And you, you mentioned at the top there um, having the two weeks off, you know, some guys about a rest and uh, Dylan Millard had just come back in mm-hmm. uh, off the back of uh, his uh, his injury there. Um, so, uh, and I can see uh, John, Fisher John Fisher is yeah. lining up because yep. he went down in the, um, the Wake Re game uh, with his ankle there. So... You know, that little bit of extra time has, I think, could be a factor here. And, you know, we could be looking at a, um, a Tigers of, well, I say the days of old, but <laughs> earlier <laughs> this season perhaps uh, yeah. with Dylan Millard back there on the half back line. So maybe uh, some things uh, might be going the, the Loxton's way after a bit of a, a bit of a, um, how would you say, a bit of a tight mid uh, section of the season for him there. Definitely. Mm. Uh, the challenge for them is going to, Berry um, and, and beating Berry. Berry at home are, a, you know, they're a different colour of fish um, over there. You know, they've got that, that crowd support and they play such good such good footy on their home uh, oval. Um, you know, that crowd is so vocal and get, gets right behind them. So, yeah. um, you know, looking in there, we can see the big fella, Brody Thompson, is back. So that's that's really crucial for them. And I know you you got big reps on him. Um, he'll have a great battle with Craig Fisher in the ruck. And um, around the ground, you know, there's a, there's a lot of guns there for, for Berry. Most of them quite young now as well. Got, got quite a few young kids and, you know, Charlie Holtham and Shay Hawkins isn't young. You know, he's still coming through. Jason Wesley, Adam Wesley. So there's a lot of kids there coming through and that they rely on to um, – to play some good football, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a crack. I, I, I honestly have no idea who's going to win, so I'm really looking forward to finding out who does. Because that's where uh, Berry um, have had a bit of a disadvantage as of late is the height. But you know, yeah, we mentioned that inclusion of uh, Brody Thompson there. You know, getting uh, their height department uh, back where it should be. Um, yeah, that, that's 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 massive, and yeah, that that's what makes this so hard to pick this one. And, you know, with it, with all the other uh, permutations around it, with how things could play out, because, uh, look, if Loxton get this done, that's one win that they can bank. Yep. Because later on in the season, when we know uh, Renmark have that last game against Wakeree, they'd probably want to have this this one banked, I would say. Definitely. At yep. this stage. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good one. And um, I'm looking forward to it more so because it's going to be the first time I get back out to a footy ground to do some reporting Beautiful, after mate. a few weeks. So I'm looking forward to an absolute, uh, yeah, red-hot contest here, mate. And a couple of cheeky frothies on the sideline, I, I hope. Oh, maybe after the siren. After the siren. After the siren. Yeah. Not why you're getting paid. No, no, no. <laughs> after the siren and after the uh, the post-game interview has been done, mate, because, uh, look, we, uh, we'd we like to stay on topic, wouldn't we? Absolutely, <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the next game is uh, Loxon North and Renmark. Uh, this one uh, back out at uh, Panther Park. So, um, yeah, look, uh, you know, hopefully again that element of time might uh, fall on the side of the Panthers here uh, just to get a bit more rest and uh, maybe come, you know, maybe uh, treat this as a bit of a – maybe a fresh start, you know, just for that let's just yeah. get this last bit of this season. A mini, mini season in itself. Yeah, yeah. yep, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you – that's how you would approach it? If I, Yeah, absolutely. If I was lost yep. in North, I'd be going, okay, we've got three games left. We might. We're not going to aim to win all three, but what we want to see is improvement in each of these three games. So um, that's certainly the way I'd be looking at it. And um, you know, there's no reason they can't take it up to Renmark. They've done it this year. They know mm. they can do it. So um, doing that for four quarters is going to be the challenge. But they've got them at home again. Last time it was a bit windy out there, and I think they were quite accurate in, in, uh, in the first half at home. And uh, Renmark ended up storming away. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a big challenge for them to take on Renmark, and it's. Um, a good, uh, good mate of mine, or uh, guy I played only maybe maybe only two or three games of football with when I was a young fella, uh, Trevor Thorpe. Um, we played our first A grade game together, and uh, he went on to much bigger and better things since then. And I, and I went out to the uh, independents and uh, languished out there. But uh, Thorpe is playing his two hundred fiftieth game uh, tomorrow against the Panthers. So congratulations to Trevor. He's been a long time servant, long time captain of the Remark Football Club, uh, champion bloke. 
and uh, yeah, and certainly deserves to bring up this milestone. Yeah. Oh well, that's uh, there we go. Every time I come on air with you, mate, I learn something new because uh, that one got past me. It's so. Facebook, mate. I just yeah. no, I'm all over Facebook. <laughs> I, I see what everyone's doing. I know what's going on. That's the only way I learn. <laughs> no, well, that's good because I've um, had the pleasure of watching uh, Trevor play a few times, and yeah, some of that run that he gets uh, out of uh, the half back there um, for Renmar. It's been great to watch. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah I've, uh, and um, I think I've uh, might have seen him uh, doing a bit of extra training as well. At- he's a freak, mate. He, yeah. He's in the gym. He's, yeah. he's always out running. Um, you know, he's obviously coming off that knee injury from last year, so he'd be – Doing everything to get his body right. Yep. Um, you know, back in the day, he used to carry a few extra kilos when he, he all he used to eat was macas. I think he, his partner Danica might have changed that, and he probably eats a little bit healthier now. But back in the day, yeah, uh, he uh, he carried a few. But yeah, um, you know, he really treats his body well now, and uh, yeah, he's. He's a fitness freak. Yeah, well, well maybe uh, uh, Danica has whipped him into shape because she certainly uh, whipped uh, Renmark's uh, A1 netball team into shape <laughs> yeah, as well. So <laughs> so good stuff there. Um, and also an inclusion I'm seeing here, uh, which is uh, a good one for Renmark, is uh, uh, Zuma, Nathan Zunick, uh, back in the team after a few weeks off. So Yeah, they, and they need him if they're going to win this thing. Yeah, well, absolutely. If they're going to yeah. go go all the way, they need that target up there. And he's yep. been, been terrific this year. Yeah. You know, just looking at the results, you know, score, giving them a focal point um, up forward. And obviously, Vates is a big, big rap for him. Um, so, you know, if, if they're going to beat a, a Wakery or a Loxton or a Berry, or obviously they've been Berry without him, but come finals, they need a good target up forward. And yeah. Give a, give a bit of assistance to the guys already up there. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, uh, I mean, this is where um, Renmark are going to, well, everyone's going to make their run. But especially Renmark to, to start nailing down this double chance. That I mean, uh, let's not worry about finals. Let's get this double chance yep. done. I would think might be the thought process down there at uh, at the Renmark Oval at, at the moment, perhaps. So yeah, there's a a lot to get done over the next few weeks uh, for the Rovers. But um, looking at the personnel, uh, yeah, things might be coming good at the right time, perhaps. Yeah, agreed. Yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, so we'll move over to uh, the final match of the round in Barmer, Monash and Wakeree uh, down at uh, the Lakeside Oval there, mate. And, again, um, maybe uh, for Barmer and Monash, this might be a chance to them uh, to maybe look at it as having, like we just mentioned before with Locks North, just a mini season. Mm-hmm. Let's give ourselves some, you know, some non-negotiables and – Let's just go for it for these next next three games all the way to the end. Yeah, and they they haven't been too bad the past couple of weeks, mm. or, or past couple of rounds, I shouldn't say weeks, because it's a little while ago now. But um, showed some good signs of improvement. Um, obviously, the Pelicans game um, took it right up to Berry had had their chances to win that one. So you know that's against the top four side. Um, yeah, but little wins along the way, and we've spoken about this regularly, mate. It's a uh, it's tough when you're outside the four, and you know you know chance in in this last couple of rounds. It's just yeah, trying to get some growth out of the players, and and so that when you hit um, next year, you got hitting the ground running. And, yeah, uh, you know they've got a lot of lot of uh, talent there. It's just a matter of just harnessing that now, and, and then building around it for next year. And uh, for the Magpies, um, well, look, you know I. I think um, a, cup, a couple of weeks off, uh, you know, it's not going to stop their momentum at the moment. Uh, they're, you know, clearly um, uh, the front runner here. And uh, look, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, a week, a couple of weeks off, um, yeah, for them is just going to, it would just be like, you know, when you pull back a rubber band and just before you let it go. I think mm. this is this is the type of uh, scenario we're looking at with the Magpies here. I think, yeah, ready, ready, just to, and they've done this before. They're experienced. A lot of these guys have played finals together before. Yes, there is some some new players in there that haven't been part of the A grade setup, um, but they've got enough experience around them to guide them through. One name uh, that I am seeing that is missing though is Dusty Gordon, uh, not uh, not named in the in the game plan here, mate. So. Um, not having that uh, target up forward. They've got Liam Schiller up there, though, so good to see uh, Liam getting getting a run up in the Yeah, and the forward. more aerodynamic Liam Schiller. Yes, without, without the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing his bit for the, uh, I believe it's the um, uh, world's greatest shave, I believe. Um, so he's getting behind that and, uh, yeah, it's sporting a uh, far more streamlined look at the moment. He probably uh, lost about 10 kilos in those. It was dreads what he had previously, wasn't it? Uh, oh, I think it was just the, uh, yeah, just the, the long... Uh, 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 well, I don't want to say man bun 
But yeah, <laughs> maybe it was. It's, it's the best description I could find right now. He had now. long hair though, didn't he? He did. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Um, no, good on him. Yeah, so and and he has proven um, throughout this season that you know when there was that gap there when Scott Mumford uh, was was uh, yeah went down earlier in the season he was able to come in from the B grade mm-hmm. you know um, start uh, filling that uh, that focal point and you know he's he's managed to stay there for the for the well the, the whole season and you know it's just great to see that those guys getting promoted in and you know being uh, part of the core playing group so yep. look even though Dustin Gordon um, isn't listed at the moment I think uh, Waker are going to have plenty of other answers yeah. because they have as we've seen over the uh, the season, um, you know, being able to see uh, Brendan Moon do some goal kicking up there as well um, uh, from from the middle six and all that. So, uh, yeah, so you know, yeah, uh, plenty uh, plenty of opportunity there for the Magpies, I think, to get this one done. Definitely, mate. Yeah, and uh, just one thing I should mention uh, before we uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, just before the lockdown period, um, we ran a story in the Murray Pioneer. Uh, uh, highlighting um, Kayla uh, Sororiotis, um, who was uh, set to make her uh, not only her A-grade field umpiring debut, but it was going to coincide with her 100th appearance as mm-hmm. a match official uh, in the RFL. So that got parked for the last two weeks. So now... So she's been waiting on 99 and, and that A-grade debut. That's right. She's been stranded on 99, not out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a familiar term this week, mate. That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, but now that story gets to uh, reach its conclusion this weekend when she gets to um, have her uh, first crack at being an A-grade uh, field umpire and she'll be under the uh, uh, the guidance of uh, of um, co-coaches uh, Todd Charlton and Mick Trussell. So it's great to see uh, some youth getting, uh, getting backed and guided as well here because yep. – uh, Talking with Mick just before the uh, the lockdown period, um, he did mention that he had approached the RFL about uh, backing in some younger kids uh, towards the end of the season. The clubs uh, were all for it. RFL was all for it. So it's good to see that happening. Yeah, they and need to, don't they? Yeah, to yeah. Keep indeed. them involved and, and give them, uh, yeah. I guess, a, a pathway really to, yeah. to you know taking their umpiring further. Yeah, and uh, one of the, the interesting uh, things about – uh, the lineup because uh, this will be for the Loxton North and Renmark game uh, that Kayla's uh, going to make her debut, but it's actually going to be alongside uh, her sister Georgia is okay. going to be running boundary. Her best friend, uh, who actually got her in uh, to uh, umpiring, uh, Amelia uh, Majariapis. Uh, she's going to be out. Tell you what, you're doing well with the pronunciations, <laughs> though, mate. You're on fire. You definitely know Bill Brownless. <laughs> So here we go. I'm still not out the woods yet. Okay, I've still got go. a few Sorry, more to go. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we've got uh, uh, Max Jericho. He's going to be out there. Um, but also uh, Amelia's sister, Alexis, is going to be out there. So this – and they're all really good friends. Mm-hmm. They've gone up through the ranks together as boundaries and um, getting their uh, – cutting their chops uh, out in the field. So it's good that – not only uh, does Kayla get to step up, but she's been able to go through with this core group of uh, of of well friends yeah, but that have yeah. turned into um, uh, yeah uh, turned into a team. Well, I guess uh, what do you call it? Uh, a group of umpires? <laughs> Would you call it a team? Would a you flock or or a flock of umpires or <laughs> a something? gaggle? A gaggle of umpires, perhaps. But <laughs> to be able to move as a unit together um, mm. through the ranks, it's good to see the payoff yeah. to this story. And uh, it keeps them interested, doesn't it? Like yeah. if they can come through together and, and umpire games together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Mick's been quite flexible with uh, with all of his umpires. You know, if they've got other commitments, you know, because so, um, uh, Kayla and Amelia. Uh, they play netball as well, so mm-hmm. they've had to work around that. But they make it work, and, and the girls are willing to give it a crack. When it's good to see that they're getting their chances now. Yeah, so, good on them. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a, an interesting one because it's uh, it's been uh, one of those periods where we've had a lot of stories parked, and another one that we've had parked that finally gets to meet its fruition this weekend is the RFL all times games record gets smashed. This yep. weekend, mate, but and it couldn't be uh, this uh, this new title could not go to a better fella in uh, Brookhode, mate. So, uh, yeah, uh, you did you ever get a chance to play against Hody during your uh, playing career at all? I think late 
I might have. He might have been rucking in the B grade when I, I had a year at Remmark in 07. And I think he may have been rucking in the B grade then. Um, certainly not a bloke you'd want to run into on the footy field because he's obviously a massive unit. And uh, But, uh, yeah, he was a premier ruckman there for, for quite a number of years in the A grade. So, um, shall I just read? You've got the uh, game plan here, mate. Shall I just read through his achievements here? Please do. So, 458 games pending tomorrow. Uh, 213 in the A grade, 245 in the B grade. Uh, he's won premierships in 1988 under 13s, uh, 91 under 15, uh, 1994 under 18s. He won four A grade flags in 01, 03, 05, 07. So I wouldn't have played against him. He played in, those, in the A grade that year. Uh, B grade flags in 2010, 11, 12, and 13. Uh, made his debut back in 1994. He's a Wakery Life member. He's an RFL Life member. He's a B-grade best and fairest back in 2010, eight times Riverland Interleague representative and seven times SA Country rep as well. That is some resume. You can take a breath, mate. Yeah. Well, you wrote it. <laughs> I just read it. Because <laughs> that is a massive li- list to get through, mate, in one take. So well done there. But – yeah, what what uh what a list to have mm. uh, attached to your career of uh, of achievements there. It's just it's just fantastic, isn't it? You know, yep. to, yeah, to see a guy that loves the game, has dedicated um you know a great deal of his life to it as well, um being able to uh yeah yeah uh, be able to to get this accolade and it couldn't go to a better fella really. Yeah, excellent to see, and we'd just be interested to see what he finishes on now. I don't think anyone's going to get near it. Um, you know, Dale Lelman, obviously the previous record holder. I wasn't sure that anyone would get near that. Um, so, but I'd, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to to go past it now, particularly you know shorter seasons than what they used to play as well. Um, I think he's uh, pretty safe there for for a lot of years to come, mate. Yeah, that's right, and because the game is played a lot. Uh, it's a lot more physical, athletic, and all that yep. uh, these days. Even even at our level, um, you know, not uh, not just uh, it, at AFL level, but um, yeah. So it's probably going to be a yeah. It's not going to be eclipsed for a, a long time. And I actually caught up with um, Hody just before um, uh, we were talking about uh, the. Uh, the pending uh, record, uh, but then uh, the lockdown got in the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and at the time I'd, I'd just said I'd, we were just having a bit of a general chat, and he kind of just said, "Yeah, yeah, it, it is a bit of a strange situation, but oh well, you know, he just takes it all in his stride and and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, he just kind of said, oh, I guess it's a bit like sharing the Brownlow at the moment, being parked with Dale on the same <laughs> record. So he has just a really good natured humour looking at it. Like the two high jumpers the other night, sharing yeah, the gold. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, you know, he's taking all, all of this in his stride, and it was good to see uh, uh, that. Week, um, uh, our gun sports photographer, uh, Grant Schwartzkoff, who, who covers all the angles of Riverland sport, he actually captured this image of uh, Hody and Dale Lelman together as a bit of a handing over of yeah. the mantle. And it was just kind of cool that, um, uh, yeah, I, I spoke with Dale during the week and I said, Oh, could you, you know, was it, could you tell us a little bit, you know, how it, um, did you guys speak about the record? Uh, and he's like, Yeah, I'd. I'd Quite happy to couldn't go to a better fella, and they've had a bit of interaction on the ground mm-hmm. over the years. And they would have played a lot of footy against played each a lot other of footy against each decade. other. Yeah, and, uh, and Dale and prior to that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, Dale just said to Hody, he just said, "Well, uh, records were made to be broken." Yeah, and it couldn't be any truer phrase, could it? Because that is uh, the actual title of our game plan this week. Very good. There so it go. is. Yes. So yeah. It's uh, and, and Dale will still hold the red mark record, and that's very will. unlikely to get beaten there. But I've got a challenge for you, mate. I want to Ooh. find out who the uh, you got to go ring around the football clubs and find out who their current uh, highest sort of game games record holder is to see if there's anyone that's going to get anywhere near Hody in in the near future. Yeah. I reckon there's a few other locks at North that might be around the 300, 350 mark. So, yep. I'm not sure about the other clubs, but yeah. Yeah. See if you can uh, put on that uh, journalist hat, mate, and do some digging for us. That's right. I'm going to have to do some data mining. Yes. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> That's it, mate. Yeah. And uh, ju- just before uh, uh, we go, um, now, this this is just something that I've, that I've kind of uh, thought about the last week after um, uh, having a, a chat with Hody and, and how learning about how much of a servant he's been to the game. And now he's won this award, the B-grade best and fairest. Now, from my knowledge, this award doesn't carry a name. It's just called the B-grade best and fairest. Is that correct? That's a good question. I think you're right. Um, 
Yeah, you know, you probably got a few of them in your drawers at the Pioneer, mate, because I've left quite a few there over the years. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the cards you'd get at the, the, at the Willis Medal, you might have to check that out as yep. well, but that'll have it on there. But I reckon you might be right. I reckon it's just the B-grade, yeah, yep. best and fairest. So I'd just like to put it out there on the Kick-Ons podcast. Now this, uh, you know, you can reach out to us on social media. Let us know what your thoughts are. We'd be uh, keen, to, keen to hear that. What do you think, mate? The B-grade best and fairest should be renamed the Brookhode Medal. Well, it depends on Hody, doesn't it? Does he, he does he want his name attached to a B-grade medal, I guess, is, would be the question. But, you know, he, 245 games in the B-grade, uh, four-time premiership player. He's won it himself. Yeah, I think you'd probably have to put it to him, mate. But uh, it would be no, no, no one worthy. Maybe Dale would be the only one. He's had a, quite a um, significant career in the B-grade over the past decade as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, Aaron Gill, another one from Remark. So, yeah, I mean, geez, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just some, just a, it's just an idea. Uh, it's just something that I, I You're just an ideas man. Of. Yeah, yeah. So, because you know, most uh, most awards, it it makes them a bit more um, personalized. Yeah, it's when a bit they've more got prestigious. An, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I've always kind of thought uh, the yeah awards should have a name to make them just that little bit more special definitely and for everything that he's he's done for the uh for for F- riverland football i just thought maybe it's a possibility but i guess ultimately like you said we have to ask the man absolutely but he's you know he's the game's record holder now and you know um with that comes some advantages. So if he if he wants it, I'm sure the RFL would potentially consider it but you'd have to ask the RFL as well but yeah why not yeah, why not? That's yeah. it. Yeah, it's just it's just a suggestion. That's all it is. That's Absolutely. Right. Yeah, mate. So that will be a huge milestone to close out this uh, this round, and it'll be um, yeah, all the best to Hody out there in his uh, big day. Uh, so, mate, now let's get across uh, to the independents, mate, because uh, this race is red hot uh, this this weekend as the Indies resume. On round twelve, round thirteen, round now. thirteen. Round 13. I got yes. that wrong myself this week, but yeah, yeah. round thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll look at the first game here, and this one, uh, well, for the home t- home side, has a fair bit riding on it. Uh, Cobby versus Ramco, mate. Uh, this is uh, destiny's in the Eagles' hands here. Would you agree? Yeah, it is. Um, a tough assignment though against Ramco, who. Give us a bit of a touch-up last time. Uh, we burst out of the blocks early and then, then they reeled us in. They were a pretty strong physical side. They ran ran the ball really well and and we just um, we sort of went to pieces a little bit after that. So the challenge is at the, the feet of our guys to, to lift from last time. Um, yeah, we've got a – unfortunately, we've got a few out. We're going to be 16 aside tomorrow. Um, no excuses, though. But, you know, we, the side we've got out there is still reasonable. So um, we'll be looking to take it right up to the Ramco. But, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be a tough challenge. But we'll see what lays ahead, mate. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, – yeah, going to be a task for the Eagles because Ramco, well, they're they're sitting up the top. They have been there for a while now. Um, just uh, drop – well, they've dropped down to second um, now with uh, – Sedan Cambrai coming good. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, you know, you'd, Eagles would want to get this one done to keep things on their terms because then after that, well, you're going to have to rely on hearing other uh, other results than, you know, all those crazy mathematics yeah, <laughs> that come yep, into play right. sometimes. So it would be a lot simpler run for the Eagles if they just get this done. Win this really. one. At home, we've been much better, so you know. Hopefully, that has has a little bit of a part. We shouldn't rely on that, but we, we do have to um, take that into consideration that we have been much stronger at home. Um, and yeah, knock off Ramco tomorrow, and then yeah, um, regardless of what happens in the BSR Sedan Cambrai game, our season's still alive. So if yeah. BSR does win, um, we'd need to be Peringa the following week. If BSR loses, uh, you can lock us in for for finals, I believe. So. Um, Unless we lose to Pringa the following week, so uh, but Pringa would need to beat Wanker as well. Yeah, and Ramco have got that. Uh, well, they've pretty much got one hand on the double chance at the moment, um, so yep. they would be looking at getting that buffer against Wanker because well, it that there's there's I think basically Wanker have to win all of their final matches. Wanker have to win both games. Yeah, yeah to Ramco. get that to get that leapfrog manoeuvre done. Ramco has to lose to us. Yep. You'd think they'd beat Brownswell the following week in the final game, yeah. but um, 
yeah, they need. So we're relying on each other a little bit this yeah. week. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to see uh, to see Wanka beat uh, Paringa to make sure that um, uh, they don't come from behind and, and chase us as well. And then and then they're relying on us to to beat Ramco as well. So um, yeah, so, so some really interesting uh, calculations ahead. But the, we'll just uh, see what happens tomorrow, mate. Looking forward to the challenge of of playing a, a really quality side. Yeah, yeah, because that uh, double chance will be at the forefront of their mind, no doubt, when it comes to. Uh, Ball up on uh, Saturday afternoon at the Cobb Doglin Memorial Oval. Uh, so we go across uh, to the Sudan Cambrai and BSR match. And um, earlier in the season, we probably would have maybe erred on the side of, uh, well, you know, uh, this probably might have been, you know, we, we could have said blowout maybe. But uh, look, with the BSR's run up to this point, um, I, I think this could be a tight match. I they're, think. they're nearly full strength BSR. Yeah, possibly full strength. Looking at the side, I can't see any any weaknesses in there, which they've had previous games. Um, yeah, and you know they knocked off Ramco in the previous round, which was um, a really gutsy win. I think they kicked the goal late to to win that one. Um, you know, so they'll give themselves every chance of going down to Cambrai and knocking them off. And mm. then they win that one, then they're in a really good spot for um, for finals. Basically, if if, uh, if Ramco beats Cobby, then they're in. If not, then you know there's still a reasonable reasonable chance. So, um, Matty Clark's in terrific form. Um, you know he's he's an absolute beast in the midfield for them and uh, playing some good footy. They got Justin Anthony back in there now. Troy Calland as well. I think he was he might have missed this game had it um, uh, or missed previous games had there not been the break. So he comes back in as well. So they've got a good good lineup there, but they're up against the team that's sitting in top top of the ladder for a reason, mate. And they are just they've got depth all across the ground. Um, they they play um, just it's just solid football. It's nothing flashy. It's nothing outstanding. And we spoke to Chris Eden last week about about this side. Um, they just play football that wins finals. It's everyone's got a role and everyone everyone uh, plays their role well. And um, you know and they look like they're back to nearly full strength as well. So it's going to be a cracking game. I'll eagerly be awaiting the uh, the result of this <laughs> no one <doubt>. after our <laughs> game on Saturday and uh, to, to find out what, what's going on. In fact, I might tee it up with uh, some of the boys down there to flick me a text message to, to find out. But, um, yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned uh, we talked with Chris Eaton uh, last week and, uh, yeah, what amazes me is uh, their consistency. Uh, with Sudan because, like he said, they do have a fair bit of interchangeable personnel, but they still get the results. Yep. You know, it's, yeah. They've found a way all year. When, yeah. When the games have been tough, they've just, I think they've still only lost one game, haven't they? So, um, which I believe was against Ramco. Um, you know, they, they find a way to win. And that's experience that comes from playing together for a long time, um, regardless of, of who's coaching at the time. You know, they can, they can, uh, Provide each other with that, you know, that support and that consistency, and um, that's a massive thing. So, yeah, uh, if they win this, they lock up the. Uh, I believe they lock up the minor premiership as well. So, um, yeah, so everything to play for for both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, and just the the psychological thing for uh, Sedan to be good. You know, lock away this minor premiership, just get it done, and then you start thinking a, a lot further ahead in in terms of the ultimate goal there, which would be. Uh, yeah, it would be good. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, to get that. You know, just get that out the, out of your head, and yep. then move on to the next thing. Definitely, yeah. and they want to go in with momentum as well. Yeah, that's that's the big thing that this time of year is momentum, isn't it? Yeah. So um, another team uh, that will be uh, looking at uh, having some momentum uh, go their way uh, as they try to well snatch a uh, a possible. Uh, Double chance at the finals is Wanka, and they've got the Swans uh, this week uh, down at Wanka Oval. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, Paringa still an outside chance. Yeah, I definitely. Think. Yep. So yep. They, they beat Wanka, and then they beat Cobby. Um, you know, they nearly beat Wanka last time. They did battle against us, but you know, we played them out at Paringa this time as well. So mm. um, they win both of those games, and BSR loses to Sudan. Then yeah, they, they, they play finals essentially. Yep. So um, they've got a really good percentage because you know, they've um, they've played some good footy throughout the year. And when they've lost, they haven't lost by much. Mm. So that's it. The yeah. challenge for Paringa is going to be winning without Cohen Bapti, who's probably been their best player this year. Their midfielder, gun midfielder. Um, unfortunately, I believe he's locked over the 
on the Victorian side of the border um, ah. with the COVID and everything. So whether they see him for the rest of the year, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and that that's a big loss for them because he's elevated his game to another level. Yep. Um, but they've still got some quality players in there with, with Zach Fran and uh, and uh, Chris Gardner and Hammy Sanford as well. I see the coach Pete Sitter was playing this week as well. Um, he's quality too. But um, I got to see Wanka firsthand out at Wanka. <laughs> They're a different side out there. They, yeah. you know, they, they played with confidence. Um, their young kids were um, amazing. You know, Tarquin Schultz is is a, just a jet. And he's taken <laughs> taken after his old man uh, Shane. That's for sure. And they they did that win. They got that win without guys like Shane Schultz and Simon Hux and Roger Taylor, who have been the mainstays of that team for a long, long time. Um, was their kids? And I mentioned Josh Wiseman earlier in the pod. And um, you know, he he's uh, next copy bloke. And uh, you know, he's he's killing it out there at the moment. So they're midfield with Daniel Hample and Lockie Hample as well. Um, very very hard to beat. And, uh, Cody Schultz kicked five goals. I was just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, they're building nicely and, you know, they'll bring a few blokes back in over the next couple of weeks, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how things line up for the Bulldogs because, uh, yeah, it, you know, a lot of that personnel that you just talked about just there is, uh, yeah, is back out there on the park this week. So, um, yeah, things might just be going their way at the right time, but it, it's all going to come down to how do you put it together across four quarters on the day, doesn't it? It's a long time between drinks for premierships with Wanka. And yeah. we, we, I don't want to put the mockers on them, but you know, <laughs> uh, if you're going to see anyone win it, you, you'd like to. You always like to see a premiership drought broken, and it's been uh, was it 45 years since their last one. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd uh, like if if I, my mob's not going to win it, you know, you'd be pretty um, hard pressed to find another mob like. Like Wanka and and be unhappy about it, you know yeah. they're um they're a really good club out there too. So we'll just see what happens over the next couple of weeks. They're, like you mentioned, they're eyeing off that top two spot still, and if they get to that, then anything can happen. That's right. Yep. And uh, well, yeah, that's that's uh, I think is the uh, the undercurrent here through the the independent uh, run to finals. Well, run sprint. You know, probably more the operative word there. But yeah, anything could happen. Uh, I. I going to be fascinated to see what uh what the independent competition outset looks like mm. on sunday morning when when uh round 13's run and done here, once mate. the dust is settled mate that's right absolutely that's it mate so that brings us uh up to speed and hopefully we brought you up to speed as well and quench your thirst for another big week end of rfl football as we get back to business uh this weekend so uh thanks for tuning in and uh just remember you can download and share our podcast uh with all your footy mates we're available on spotify and apple podcasts so get the word out and uh we'll continue to bring you kick-ons every week so remember kick back enjoy enjoy your brew responsibly and keep the sound up because we'll be back next week right here on kick-ons Download this podcast on all your favourite digital platforms and hear when the Murray Pioneer and Mark's Up are coming to a club near you.